0: Welcome to Said. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, editor in chief of Designers Today. Said covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic angles. At its most literal, Said is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, Said, S A I D, stands for something about interior designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Hi, and welcome to SED. Today, you'll hear from Don Ricardo Massenberg. The talented interior decorator and principal designer at Design Incredible, based in Durham, North Carolina. Don Ricardo was an education major in college. He once was a kindergarten teacher and has been working for the University of North Carolina at Greensboro for over 14 years. Presently, he's working on a research project in the Human Development and Family Studies Department. With education and design, his two first loves he considers it a blessing to be able to lead a dual career life. How Don Ricardo came to be a professional decorator is a great story. As a teacher on a modest salary, he decorated his apartment, which, of course, received rave reviews from friends and family who asked for his help in their own homes. Okay, that part sounds fairly typical of how many decorators and designers get started. But how and when it turned from a hobby into a business is his unique story. Nearly 10 years ago, during a government shutdown, and told that he couldn't work and he would not be paid either, Don Ricardo needed to come up with a side hustle and started making headboards. He could make two a day in his kitchen on his kitchen island. The money was good, better, in fact, than his regular salary, and he knew that he was onto something. He marketed the headboards on social media, created some buzz, and the demand exploded. He coined the name Mr. Incredible back then, and this morphed into a new, full-time decorating career. As for recent accomplishments, Don Ricardo completed a selfie museum in the Crabtree Valley Mall in Raleigh and has collaborated with Taw Furniture on a few pieces expected to be unveiled at the fall High Point Market. In his spare time, Aha, uh-huh. or should I say, Don Ricardo makes time. He serves as a program director at Alliance of Interior Designers, which is a nonprofit professional organization serving the working interior designers of the Raleigh Triangle area. And he's also a member of the Black Interior Designers Network. During our conversation, I discovered a man who is grateful, ambitious, considerate, and very cool. Intent on continuing his design education, he looks to his colleagues for mentorship and generously returns the favor to others. He also believes strongly in the power of manifesting and is always up for the next challenge. I hope you enjoyed listening. I want to start at the point where you made your first headboard. If you could set the stage, what was going on in your life? How did you even know how to construct a headboard and how did you market them? You said you made two a day. Where were they going?
1: So I was working with an upholsterer. Um, We were making headboards. I was doing cushions and things like that. And I was just doing it as a hobby, something at my leisure. Um, I did have a friend who said, um, my mom wants a guest room. And I couldn't think of anybody to help her but you. And so what she wanted was a huge teal tufted headboard. And a friend of mine was like, can you deliver a huge teal tufted headboard? And back then when you went to furniture stores, it was beige, black, brown. Color wasn't in in upholstery right then. And so I had to make it. And so I went to Gary the Upholsterer. He was awesome. He had done headboards for Tyra Banks and all these celebrities in Miami. And so I said, I need to make this headboard. And he helped me make it. 2012, the government shut down. And my job was affected. I worked for a university, UNCG in Greensboro. And they said, don't come to work. We can't pay you. We don't know when we'll be coming back. Check your email. And I said, hmm, I've got to figure out a way to make money for myself. And so I said, I'm going to make these headboards. I'm going to try to sell them all. I made two a day in my kitchen on the island and Craigslist, Facebook market hosting them. uh, Custom fabric headboards was the headline. And then people were buying them. They were coming by, buying them out of my garage. And I made over my salary during that time. So it clicked then, you know.
0: I feel like you've got this sort of um, focus where you, at least where your sort of design business started and fabrications and soft furnishings. So just your affinity for that, you know, like, it, did you grow up? Did somebody, did, you know, who was, how'd you kind of come to it?
1: I don't have this story about rearranging furniture all the time in my bedroom. And it's so funny because my mother's always like, who are you? You never made your bed. You never cleaned <laughs> up. And so I just, it, it really started for me, um, my first apartment. Um on a teacher's salary and I had planned this and planned this. I wanted my favorite colors to show. And so I was here one and target and everything was earth tones Then My favorite color is orange. And so I really strategically planned this space out to be me. You know, um, I had a rug on the wall. I hadn't seen that done. I had no clue how I was going to get it up, but I found quilt hangers and got it up. So there was a huge eight by 10 rug on my wall. And it just showed my love for textiles. And that's that's where I am now. I love textiles. I'm okay with being a decorator or being called a decorator because when I go in the tile store and flooring, it's beautiful, but it's just beautiful. But when I go in a fabric store, I'm screaming and hollering. So I know that I'm a textile guy. And I guess it it started with putting that rug on the wall in my first apartment and people came over and thought it was amazing. Now, I entered that apartment in an apartment therapy thing way back 2006 or so. They called it the Fall Colors Contest. And in the beginning, you know, people judge and people make comments, uh, the public. And they were saying, "No, oh, it's a Fall Colors uh, Contest. And so he's the one who really got it because he used Fall Colors. And then some people are like, no, this is the colors contest that happens in the fall. It has nothing to do with fall colors. And this is fluffy, fluffy brownish ale and it sucks and all of this. But yeah, I loved my place. And so that's where it started, you know.
0: So, so it sounds like that apartment therapy contest or uh, judging contest was your first, (laughs) first time one of your places was, was judged. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it was the first time. And I wasn't really calling myself a designer or a decorator. Then I was doing things for friends and family. I I started out, I had a friend who worked at linens and things. And I would go in there while waiting for her to get off work and look around. And then I started buying things for my place. And then Mother's Day, I said, I'm going to do my mom's bathroom and surprise her. And she loved it. So then I had to do something for my aunt because she wanted something too. And I had to do something for, you know, and so I started doing things for friends and family, and that's how I started. I started Ricardo's Design maybe 2008 with a coworker, and um, I went to her house after work. She had the same furniture I did. We had the same taste, and I was like, "You're awesome!" And she said, "You're, all, you know," but she started doing florals and events, and I was not interested in weddings and parties, and so it kind of fizzled out. So. Relaunched in 2012 was Design Incredible, and that's when it really started happening for me.
0: So, Design Incredible, you you named it in 2012, and then you kind of made it more formal in in 2017.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How'd you come up with the name Design Incredible?
1: So, Facebook again. Um, my name on Facebook was Ricardo Mister Incredible, and so I just was in love with the Incredibles. I was Mister Incredible. And um, when I was thinking about a name for my business, I chose Design Incredible, not a crazy story or anything like that. It was just a a Facebook name that turned over to Design Incredible. And that's how it started. Um, I told you in 2012, I started posting the headboards and doing that stuff on Craigslist and I opened an Instagram account. Um, When I would deliver a headboard, I would bring pillows and other pieces to style that bed and I would post the images and I created this Instagram account with just those images. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, I've edited a lot, but there's some that are down there. It's so bad. But um, there's one with a pillow that says hit snooze twice. But um, yeah, I would style the room um, just for a photo and I would post those on Instagram and that's when it really took off. I met so many people via social media and Instagram. And now I will say that most of my clients, of course I'm getting repeat clients and referrals, but the celebrities, the athletes, all of those people are coming to me from social media.
0: Well, that's a good segue into the question that's way down my list, but about, you know, just a lot of designers are like, oh, I dread social media. How do you feel about it? And do you, do are you, Right now, are you doing all your own social media?
1: I am. So Instagram really kicked my business off. And I talk all the time with 30-year designers, 25-year designers that say, "Oh, oh my clients aren't on social media. What type of clients are you getting from Instagram? Or are you getting business from Instagram? And I absolutely am. Um, anytime somebody reaches out, um, I know that they're going to my social media, and it was a large. It was a hard process. Um, I remember, and I still have it screenshotted in my iPad where I had eight hundred and eighty followers, and I was saying by the end of the year I want a thousand, and then I would set another milestone. By this time, I want this many followers, and so I just created a formula. I was saying, you know, three times a day, I'm going to post every day, and so I did a seven thirty. When people wake up, they grab their phones, unfortunately. And I still do. I grab my phone. I see what notifications I missed. 1230, people taking their lunch break. They're scrolling through their phones. 830, they're watching Scandal or Big Brother or whatever. They're going to tweet about it, right? And so I wanted to make sure an image of my work came across their phones during those times. And that visibility just shot up. And then I was tagging vendors. And this is another... Kind of no no back then to the design community. Why are you tagging where you got stuff? Why are you tagging if you got stuff from retail? But when I was tagging the vendors and the you know the retail stores, they were reposting, and I was getting thousands of followers from that. I was getting uh, tons of traffic and engagement from people who shopped at Z Gallery or Bernhardt, and you know, so it has really helped my business. You see me all over. You see my face in the bathrooms at High Point Market is because of social media, right?
0: For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's, that's fantastic. Um, how many followers now are you?
1: It's like 56 K.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. It's changed. It's it used to be where I, my numbers were just steadily going up and now it's up and down, up and down trying to figure out the algorithm. And then I, because I have a following, I I have those devoted people that are going to engage, they're going to comment. I don't post as much now, but it was a long time where I was doing that three posts a day thing, you know, hard work when you you have a beautiful image, but then you're trying to think of that caption. What should I say? What should I say? Social media for me, um, the people that I mentor, um, the people that I, Look up to the people that mentor me, they all came from social media. And so, you know, I was engaging with them on Instagram or when Periscope was a thing going live. Um, I would just listen to the information they were given. And then when I finally met them at, in person, which was normally at High Point Market, there was a hug and a handshake. And wow, it's almost like we've known each other forever, but we really haven't seen each, you know. So it's created huge. Special relationship for me with people. Yeah,
0: who, who would you? Um, who would be a mentor to to you? you
1: so uh, Michelle Boyd, Erica Ward, uh, Cheryl Luckett. So Michelle had a luxury. I mean, that guy. He always says something. Like I'll always tune in to his interviews and his panels, and he always says something. It's it could just be one line. But it always it has always stuck with me. Um, I was talking to him years ago. I was doing staging and, you know, home staging is really fast paced. The agent says, hey, we need this staged," And then as soon as it's under contract, hey, we need it pulled and they want you to do it within that week, you know, and it's it's super fast paced. And I was getting overwhelmed. And Michelle, I call Michelle and he says, only take on things that inspire you. If you're not in it, if you're not loving it, it's not going to feel good. Changed my life. (laughs) It changed my life. And so I posted January 1st or so 2020. If it doesn't make me want to dance, I'm not doing it. But then I didn't get to dance all 2020 because. (laughs) But yeah, he I mean. Just his words always inspire me, you know, if Michelle hears this or somebody hears this and realizes how much they've inspired a business, it would mean the world to them. I think.
0: He will hear this. <laughs> <laughs> hey listeners, it's Jane Dagmy, editor-in-chief of Designers Today. I'm so glad you found our podcast. Did you also know that we print our magazine eight times a year and mail it to your home or office? Yes, interior design professionals can request a complimentary subscription by simply going to designerstoday.com and clicking on the button at the top that says subscribe. It's that simple. And while you're there, if you hit the newsletter tab, you can sign up for our weekly news as well as that of our sister publications. And now back to our show. You talk about um, that you've taken some design classes and Mm -hmm. you would love to complete your degree. It is important to you. Just want to know like, at this stage, you know, you've got 56,000 followers, you're starting to design for celebs, athletes out of state. What's important about finishing your degree?
1: Oh, education has been always super important to me. Um, I always strive to be the best. And so, when you're charging people thousands of dollars for a service, you wanna know what you're talking about. And so whenever a new designer or an inspiring um, designer reaches out to me and asks me, what can they do? I say, take some classes, you know, learn learn style, learn terminology, just so when you go in people's houses, you're not saying, Oh, the little window above the door, you know, that's a transom. Or what's that box thing above the curtain? Oh, a corn. It's, you know, it's, it's just super important that you know what you're talking about.
0: What do you think, what do you feel like you really would like to learn? Like what aspects of design um, do you feel like you need to, I guess, learn, relearn, or just
1: I would love to tap into architecture and design build and some of the technical things that I don't do as much because I'm really textile driven. You know, most of the people who reach out to me are luxury new construction. So we're not having to do a lot of structural things to the home. They want decor and and, I, and that's what I love. And so it's fine. But I would also love to tap into that side for sure.
0: Like challenge yourself, the next level. Absolutely. Um so just I'm excited about this Is it Tov T O V or Tov?
1: It's Mazel Tov.
0: So I'm excited about your your collaboration. Is this something that is already um, public or will it be announced later?
1: So they've already announced this collection. It's the voice collection. And so there are several designers of color who are creating pieces for Todd. And what they looked at was that there was less than 1% of vendors showing wherever that had pieces that were designed and created by people of color. And so I'm super excited over the weekend, uh, the long weekend where I didn't do any work and it was wonderful. They sent me um, prototypes. And so I have two accent chairs and a bed and I was just blown away they're covered in muslin. It's not beautiful, but (laughs) just seeing them. And so these are actually pieces that I sketched out. And I said, these are the dimensions that I want. I'm not just putting my name on some piece that somebody else created. Um, And just down to the very detail, I'm 6'3". And so I said, I don't want this to be a super tiny chair. And they were like, well, if it can fit in this box, it'll be less expensive to ship. And I said, I don't care. Again, I'm 6'3". I need to be able to sit in this chair. A lot of my clients are athletes. They're taller than me. I want to put this in their space. And so they they made the changes. And so I really feel like it's a piece that is mine. And so I, we're hoping for October market high point where you'll see these pieces. And I'm just super excited. When I started social media, everything was farmhouse. Everything was shiplap. Everything was shabby chic, Drift. Wood and I came out showing color. I was showing the blues and the capanna stripes, and it seemed like everybody jumped on board when I moved on from that. And so when I was in high point looking for vendors that were showing color, Todd was there. They were showing pink and they were showing pastels and they were, you know, and so I was drawn to them because of that. Um, and I I use their products, they always make a splash. You know, and so I'm just super excited about a collaboration with them. And it's funny because I was walking up the elevator in High Point and Bruce, the owner, was walking down and he was headed to a plane. He had to go and he was like, Hey, we were looking for you. We've seen your picture everywhere, but we haven't seen you. And I was like, Well, I went over there, I didn't see you guys. And he's like, His wife is gone, but he was headed out. And I was like, Hey, man, I love what you guys are doing. I want a chair. I was like, I have a sketchbook of furniture. I want a chair. You guys would be awesome to do it because I know you're going to show color. And and I was thinking while I was saying this, who are you to tell this guy that you want a chair? You know, he was like, we'll talk about it. That's awesome. And I spoke it into existence and then it happened. They reached out and said, hey, we're doing this thing. Would you be interested? Absolutely, because products has always been my goal. People always ask, when are you going to get on TV or when are you going to do this? And it's, that has never been my thing. I've always wanted products. I've wanted people to be able to walk in a store and see Don Ricardo's name on these furniture pieces and swipe their card and buy tons of them, you know, so it's happened.
0: Will the tag be design incredible or Mr. Incredible?
1: (laughs) We haven't figured that part out yet. I'm naming the pieces after Um, some family members. So there'll be like a Derwin headboard for my nephew. Um, Some of the people that have really helped with build, helped me build my business. And so I'm not sure about that part yet. Just wait and see. Mm -hmm.
0: That's exciting. Um, And the selfie museum. So tell me, how did you get that? um, You know, how'd you get that project um, and when will it open and what's been the most fun about it?
1: So with the Selfie Museum, I worked with this family who are serial entrepreneurs. They've done everything. They've had clubs. They do bail bonds. She's a realtor. She's a broke. She's everything. And they've um, brought their daughter up to be the same way. So the owner of that Selfie Museum is 18 years old. She's a, she's a freshman in college. And so I had done her room her bedroom and her homework room when she was just in middle school. And then I did her mom's office and I did, you know, so many things. So when they want design, they come to me. And so she reached out the beginning of the year and said, hey, we have you heard of a selfie museum? And I, I said, I have She's like we want to do one. And so I was like, I'm all in. When we walked into a couple spaces, I was just asking my questions, like I do on a consultation, what colors and all this stuff. She's like, I want everything pink. And I knew then that I was going to have some fun, you know? So I'm the bedroom king. I'm always doing bedrooms. I'm always fluffing pillows. I'm always doing kind of the same thing over and over. So I knew that I was going to get some refreshing fun from this project. And so I was like, sure. Now, what I didn't realize was when you're doing a selfie museum, there are about 22 photo ops. And so it's like 22 small rooms where I'm drawing out the layout. I'm picking the wallpaper. I'm picking the paint. And so it was a little bit more work than I was expecting um, in the beginning, but it's so awesome. I can't stay out of there. So I'm in there taking selfies myself. It has opened. It opened May. She had a soft opening. This weekend, um, there's an event planner extraordinaire. He's all over the country doing weddings and events. He's going to have an event there. And so he's going to dim the lights and do some tables and things like that. And so I'm in- invited to this event. I couldn't believe it, but it's going to be exciting to see crowds of people in there dressed up. And so this has been the most fun that I've had on the project in a long time. For sure. I don't know if you're familiar with selfie museums, but typically people do like a hallway in the middle and just booths, 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 booths on the sides. And so what I wanted to create was kind of a maze. And then remember, I was doing this in a pandemic. And so I didn't want people traveling in the same direction. And so when I did the layout, I said, hey, you walk in and you're going to go to the left. And that way it's a continuous motion around the space and then we'll have some stops in the middle. But I really wanted people to spend time in there and it it show you how you can travel through. There's flow. And you know, the same that we I would do in in residential design, lay it out, make sure it makes sense, make sure it's functional, you know so cool.
0: So is the party this weekend?
1: Party is Saturday. I'm wearing this yellow hat.
0: Well, check out your Instagram on Saturday and Sunday not Saturday night. Um, how many in terms of your your business do you have do you work with anybody? Do you have people on your team?
1: Right. so I have bookkeeper and um, uh, intern and then of course my contractors that I use exclusively. but other than that I'm looking for a junior year designer. so if you're listening in, reach out. We need help.
0: In terms of your your job with um, UNC,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that full time?
1: Yes, it is. So I've been working there over 14 years and I've been working from home. Education is my first love. Design is my first love, I guess. Second love? I don't know. But I love them both. And so I feel like it's been a blessing to be able to do both. Um, I've never had to go into office. I've always worked from home. And so that has afforded me the opportunity to build this business. Um, What do you
0: do? What do you do for them? Exactly.
1: So I work on a research uh, project education. And so we, when you have a childcare facility in North Carolina, it has to be licensed. And so what I do is go in and do kind of an inspection and I write a report and that's how they get their license. So I'm paid to observe and, write down everything that's not necessarily good about a place so when we come it's, you know when state- Don
0: ricardo shows yeah. up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. behavior so you get to i mean you you write up your reports from home but you got to go out in the field for it
1: right and so it's it's two to three times a week it it has been that way um i was able to stop on the way from an assessment and shop you know, or visit a client or do some project management, and so it's just been awesome to do both. I haven't been led to leave that yet because, like I said, it's still um early education children teaching children to read. It's still in me and very important to me. Um there are transferable skills. You know, I light up when I do a kid's space. I know that they need a substantial amount of softness. I know that they need a, you know active and and quiet areas, so it works, and it's in my family, like my grandmother she studied music in college, and so uh, she was a vocal coach and she taught piano and voice, and it's in my family. We all love music, we all are talented, and so I try to show that in all of my designs. so you're gonna see a violin or you're gonna see music and movement, you're gonna see you know sculpture pieces that have dance in them and movement in them, and so it Sometimes I have to point it out, but it's always going to be there
0: mm-hmm. well, people don't know you, you know what what's inside you, yeah, right yeah.
1: Have
0: to point it out you said something um when we were speaking about you spoke it into existence, um you know, the whole manifesting right, like do you believe in in that? I mean like you know you good manifester
1: absolutely, um everything that I have asked for through stating it and then also praying and fasting for it has happened for my business. Um, And there's so much more to come, you know? And so I'm always speaking it. I'm always saying, I want this to happen. What do I have to do to get there? And And it happens. And then I also had to tell myself and I tell people this all the time. It may not be in your time. I know you want it now. It may not be in your time, but when it does happen, it's going to feel like it's right on time for sure. Yeah. Do you
0: have a vision board?
1: I have a vision board. I teach about vision boards um, to my coworkers at the university. We have a, during the pandemic, we started a wellness Wednesday thing, and that was my thing, setting goals, doing vision boards, revisiting that vision board, checking things off. And then some people... They're not creative. They're not visual. And so, well, it doesn't have to be a, a tangible vision board. It can just be a list of goals, you know? And so absolutely, I'm a vision board guy.
0: So tell me about um two more two more questions. Um, the Alliance of Interior Designers in Raleigh. So um how long have you been involved and what do you, what's your role there?
1: So I'm the director of programs for the Alliance of Interior Designers. It was was formerly IDS. And so it's a professional organization. We have designers who we have student designers. We have emerging design leaders. We have designers that have been practicing for 25 to 30 years. And so my goal with the programs department is to really get people learning things and using the area, using High Point because we're just an hour away. And so I feel like over time, once you get your go-to vendors, you kind of stop visiting. And so High Point by Design is, is happening. Um, all the things that are going on there, I want us because we're just an hour away to start using High Point again. And so we just we we had Tom Vendessel with High Point by Design, and then we had Ashley Greg with High Point Market Authority do a Zoom call with us in May. And then in June, we took our first in-person gathering since the pandemic to High Point. And so we were there, we did a tour of Universal, we did a tour of Splashworks, and people are just really on board, excited to get back out. But just, I feel like you really need to surround yourself with people that share your same passion. And so love for design, love for art, love for music, love for everything that's in High Point. And so... That's why I'm a part of that organization. Uh, we get to meet together, um, talk about everything, design, learn things. All right,
0: here's my last um, request. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hearing about you reading to kindergartners you know, and 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 helping them to read, I was just wondering: is there a book you know that you loved reading, or something that you committed to memory, like a line or two, or like your favorite something that? you loved reading that you remember and could recite <laughs> a favorite line or two or what's your favorite kids book
1: i don't have a line but there were two books um caps for sale is one and it's a book about a guy who stacks the caps up on his head and i would do this whole thing where i would bring in all, I'm a hat guy and so i would bring in my caps and and Stack them up, and we would have this whole activity with the kids. So I love doing caps for sale, and then No David, and this is a book about a mischievous little boy who his mom was always saying No David, No David. And there's one page in the book where David's pants gets pulled down, and the kids would always die laughing at David's bottom. And so I just remember that I love laughter. I would love singing to them. So. Absolutely. caps for sale and no date if you read those
0: <laughs> thanks so much for listening to Sed. i sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up until next time.